to all the NFL universe. Welcome. It's the All NFL All City Podcast, the Meat Locker. Brian Baldinger, I'm Anthony Gargano. Baldy, because yeah. all right, I, I mean, we got a lot to go over today. Yeah, it's Black Monday, and we're going to lead with that. So first, so much is going on. Yes. What's the latest that you hear? Um, let's start with Belichick, right? Uh, it looks like he's open to having uh, someone help with front office and personnel. Do you think he stays in New England? Uh, you know, he, he was really – his press conference. Yeah, it was compelling. It was compelling because he talked – he's never mentioned his contract ever. Mentioned his contract. You know, this my, my dad told me how to work. Like, I do what I – I come to work. We got to fix things. Nobody's happy. I said midseason, cuz, when this thing was going south, I said, keep the coach, fire the GM. Like, I think he needs yeah, some he help. said it right like, here. Yep. I, I mean, I, but, I, but I believe that. I, I believe that it's – Bill used to – like, I know – Bill and how he works. My dad coached with his dad at the Naval Academy. I know he works. He used to break down every eligible, draftable player in June. They would start getting the, the you know, they, they would be ready for the draft before the season started. Then they would just follow up. Well, it's just too voluminous, cuz. It just is. Like, it's just too much for any one person, no matter how committed you are. How, and, and let's face it, their drafts have not been good. No. From no. the quarterback to the receivers to the left guard, like, it hasn't been good. So, but I think, you know, Bob Kraft's a smart guy, and he knows he's got a good coach. Um, he's not going to he's not gonna fire Bill, and they're not going to part ways unless he knows he's got somebody, maybe another coach, that's out there right now, he, until he knows he's got his, his boots filled. So, it's going to go on for a little while. Yeah, it seemed, because he said it. He said it that he'll look at, you know, this could we'll have several meetings. I mean, he brought that up. It's not so. going to be done today. Not going to be done, you know. You know, Arthur Smith was fired at twelve oh two last night. They didn't wait around. Like this isn't going to. Ha- I don't think it's going to happen like that, cause that's what I'm hearing. But there's there's going to be discussions, and there probably should be because it's not going well right now. The coach can still coach, but um, they they've got to get the quarterback situation fixed, and they've got to get a more talented roster. Yeah, out of that roster, it's just not good enough. No, offensively, we talked about the skill guys all year long. I mean, I sometimes you wonder, you go like, what what was he seeing in building this roster? Well, I think he he sees this is the style of play. We're going to run it. We're going to play close to best. We're not going to turn it over, except they did. And so there's a lot of like what Brady did in there, in that they're not throwing the ball down the field, and they're not this like wide open spread football team that you see. In, in other places, we're gonna we're gonna play a different style, and that's okay if you don't turn the ball over, and if you're productive in the red zone, and you're and you're keeping the score down, you you can play a look, you can play some games like that. You can't win a division against Buffalo and Miami like that. Yeah. Now, all right, uh, let's go to. It's interesting because you mentioned Atlanta. Arthur Smith out. Rough day for Arthur Smith yesterday. He gets into it with Dennis Allen at the end. Dennis Allen, that last touchdown, yes. uh, the players overruled Dennis Allen, yes. and Jamal Williams got the touchdown. Yeah, Jameis Winston. Like, you know, it, it was, it, it's poor taste. It, yeah. there, is, there is still a place. Like, I know people out there, hey, if you, if you don't want them to score, stop them. Okay, I get that. But there is a place for sportsmanship in this world, okay? You go down, I mean, because if you go to victory formation, the defense kind of takes a breath. Like, they're anticipating you're going to take a knee. And then if you go stick it on them like that, that's it. Players can get hurt. It's just not the way to operate. So, but to see Arthur Smith come after Dennis Allen, not knowing, 
you know, any of the situation. And to do that, I understand the emotion of it. But you're seven and ten for the third year in a row. Your offense did not produce. You've been drafting at the top of the draft three years in a row, and you didn't produce. And you had this division. You had to basically think wide one. open. Yeah, you had to, you had an open division one, and you yep. couldn't finish the job. So look, I, I worked for Arthur Blank. I did their Falcon preseason games for five years. I've consulted with Arthur Blank over the years about coaches in certain situations. He's eighty-one. Like Arthur Blank did not take this season or this finish lightly. He he lost, you know, it, it just, it, it, they, they finished poorly, really poorly. Yeah, I listen, back to Dennis Allen real quick. I mean, you could see he diffused the situation right away. Yeah. He felt bad in his own press conference. He said he's got a right to be upset. Yes. So where, where does Atlanta look, right? Like that's going to be an issue. We know that Washington has already put in for Ben Johnson, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, for uh, well, he's hired Bob Myers from the right, he's hired and Rick Sp- and Spring from Golden State. Yeah, okay, so he's like a conduit, you know, with all these agents and people out there. So he's got his connections, he's there for a reason. But you know, I mean, there, there's going to be look, this thing starts with Jim Harbaugh, it's going to be the Jim Harbaugh sweepstakes. We're gonna, we're all gonna watch this game tonight. Yeah, a little uh, bit coming up. Matt Rule will join us oh. to go over the championship game, so okay. we'll let you know when that happens. Yeah, but I mean, I think look, if you if if I was Washington right now, and I'm looking for somebody to like build this thing with, I mean, literally 30 miles just to the north, they got two coordinators in Baltimore. Like Todd Munkin's done a phenomenal job with Lamar, phenomenal job. Um, I don't think people ever thought Lamar could play. Like he's going to win the MVP, and he should, but. Uh, you know, and then you look at Mike McDonald, who's a young. Oh. He's coached at the college level at Michigan. Yeah. He's coached linebackers. He's been the defensive coordinator. They got the no one defensive football. I mean, he's a bright young guy that's been in the college ranks. He understands the college game, the college kids. He understands the NFL game. Um, you know, they're going to be the favorites. We'll see what happens. They're going to be the favorites in the AFC to, to get to uh, Las Vegas. But I, those are two guys that I would certainly bring into my building. And try to have a conversation with. Well, I, I'm sure you got to be on the list. So you, you mentioned that Bob Myers from the Warriors, Rick Spielman, will both consult for Washington. Aaron Glenn is the other uh, candidate, the defensive coordinator mm-hmm. for the Lions. So they've looked at the Lions first. Mm-hmm. I'm sure at some point you got to look at Baltimore. I, I think you're spot on. Um, Carolina staying in the South. They fire Scott Fitterer, the GM. Yeah. Well, look. I mean, we could. We got Matt Rule coming on. We could learn a lot about, yeah. you know, everything from Tepper to Fitterer and how things operate in Carolina. But we'll, we'll save that for another time. Look, they, you know, I just think when it went as badly as it did, uh, and they have a lot of good players. That Derek Brown's just got a hundred tackles. He's a Brian Burns. Those are guys Matt drafted. They're phenomenal players, both of them. Um, Remember that draft was all defensive players. Yes, I, I, I love that. I yeah. love that draft. It was amazing. <laughs> no. Um, but they so you, you, it, it's kind of hard not to, it's hard kind of hard to keep the GM who hired the coach and that staff, and then you fire the staff you know during a season, and then you're okay with the GM like they didn't get the hire right to begin with, uh, evidently. So you know and did they get the quarterback situation right? You know if because there is a link between coaches and GMs that get fired and their quarterbacks. There is a direct link. Like, if they had C.J. Stroud, now I'm not saying that they'd be as good as Houston is. Yeah, but, but he's not looking for a job. Yes. 
I mean, that's ultimately, yeah. it goes back to the quarterback. Think about it, right? Like New England, the, all the stuff with Belichick, they don't have a quarterback, Mac Jones, right? You, you look at, you know, Mike Tomlin got, was under fire this year before totally. they rallied to make the playoffs. And that goes back to Pickett not having a quarterback. Right. And so, I mean, you, I mean, we're in Philly. Like, you saw Carson Wentz go south. Doug Peterson gets fired. You know, I mean, there is a direct link between almost all the time between finding your quarterback and getting your quarterback. Like, look, if Tampa had another bad season this year, Todd Bowles wouldn't be here. Baker Mayfield played great. He played, he's played as well as he's ever played. And he got the ball to his receivers and he kept the turnovers to a minimum. And he played well and they won the division. But Todd Bowles probably wouldn't survive if if Baker didn't play at that level. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's you, the truth. I mean, you can go through history of time here and in uh, all of this. So there is a direct correlation. You've got to get that position figured out. It, we started this conversation with Atlanta. I mean, they don't have the they don't have the quarterback, and they really haven't had a quarterback since Matt, Matt Ryan, Ryan was the MVP. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's a long run. It is. It's a very long run. Uh, Raiders. Interesting because Antonio Pierce did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Do they stay Antonio Pierce? You think Raider Nation stays there? Because I think he's done a good job. He's got a good staff. Well, that's, see, that's, so they're five and four with Antonio Pierce. They've also given up the fewest points in the league over the last nine weeks. Now, Patrick Graham's his defense coordinator. Patrick Graham's a great coach. Yeah, yeah. Like he, that guy should be talked about as a head coach. Believe yeah. me. Yeah. I mean, he's got, when he stands in front of a room, you know, like you got to have that command. Like he's got a command. And if you look, like, I think Josh McDaniels kind of handcuffed him and what he could do, how he wanted to play. That team, I used to do these breakdowns in the Raiders every week, Cuz. And all I would talk about is Max Crosby. Because I just didn't see the effort. I, I saw breakdowns. It was hard for me to go anywhere else. I told Max five weeks ago, like, either you are the inspiration for all these guys playing as hard as they are, but you are coordinated. They're actually a coordinated defense now. And they don't give up easy touchdowns. So on that staff is Patrick Graham. On that staff is Rob Ryan. Like coaches that have won at a high level, you know, and, and so, been around. And if you smart, I, I I love that. I love veteran assistants, like guys that you can lean on. NBA, co- co- I, I mean, mean, you have to have it. I mean, and so the, the my point because is if you said okay, we're gonna we're gonna move on. Antonio Pierce is a good, uh, you know, interim coach. We're well, gonna lose a lot of good coaches. Oh yeah. And you know, I, I think I think Antonio is fine in his role. Like he's got the pulse of the team. They respond to him. Um, he loves being a Raider, being a Raiders coach. He came with Patrick Graham. Okay? I mean, he came from Arizona State with Patrick last year to the Raiders when Patrick came to run the defense. So he's been he knows the defense. Like they won games with Aiden O'Connell, who's a fourth round pick. I mean, they, you know, so you look at all the things that they accomplished to get to eight wins. Um, I, I I feel like they would make a mistake if the, if they didn't retain Antonio Pierce and give him a contract. I, I, listen, I'm with you now. You we said at the start, and we're talking about it, the game that I Michigan and Washington, yeah. and it's going to be Harbaugh. Right, it directly affects everything. Harbaugh has hired an agent who is seasoned. When it comes to the NFL. Yes. So, I mean, I think his intentions are pretty clear. All right. Well, and he's got a contract on his desk that he's yet to sign from Michigan, which basically ties him to Michigan. Yep. yep. So, let's start there. Where, where, yeah, you look at all these openings, look at Washington, 
You look at Atlanta. You know, these guys will all just open up a checkbook. The Chargers, you got a quarterback with the Chargers, right? You know, I, I, any any idea, like any thoughts? What would be the favorite? Well, you know, you know, the he, started, he started his coaching career at San Diego, University of San Diego. He started in college. Then he went to Stanford. I remember, yeah. Then to Stanford, to San Francisco. He spent yep. a long time, a decade, in California. So I'm not sure if some of his kids were born in California. I don't know that. Uh, I don't know all that. But, you know, sometimes you got to talk to your wife, you know. She's important, you know. She, she's making all the sacrifices. It's a fa- right, it's a family decision. It's a family decision. Where, where, where are you, like, where are you going to be happy at? Well, you know, when you look at the coach who is spending hours away from home, you know, I mean, you got a family. So. You got a family. You got a family. You got a wife. You want to keep that thing together. Um, I think that they enjoyed living in California. I'm not putting them in San Diego or in Los Angeles right now, but um, you know, it's it's there. There's certainly a consideration versus, let's say. Washington versus, say, Chicago, that might open up. Um, you know, there's some possibilities out there. And, you know, he's going to be – I don't know because the last time we had a coaching candidate that it's going to be this coveted. I know. But he's that good. He is. He's a good coach. What, what he did in San Francisco – first of all, he wanted Stanford. He goes to San Francisco. He built them. I but mean, he did, but Because he didn't just win at Stanford. He turned Stanford completely around. Yes. I mean, he made them yes. Pac-12 yeah. like candidates to win. I mean, yeah. he recruited all those. Like, really, I mean, it was offensive linemen. It was tight ends. Like, he had a no, We could say Andrew Luck, but it, that, whole, that whole system was amazing. It was like, his system. Yeah. And so tight he ends. didn't just win at San Francisco. He went and got Kaepernick to run this system. Like, he had a vision. He hired University of Nevada's coach yeah. that coached Kaepernick in the pistol. And brought him to San Francisco. And they went to three straight NFC Championship games and a Super Bowl, five yards away from winning one. Like, there are some college coaches that have been successful, like, oh, can they make the jump? Now, he's already won at the highest level at the NFL. They're hiring an NFL coach. And so he's going to be in tremendous. I'm sure his agent is fielding a lot of offers. I'm sure he's going to be on a plane somewhere tomorrow. I think this thing starts, I think this courting, is going to begin very quickly. Now, if you're the Chargers, I mean, you know, you want to talk about you play second fiddle to the Rams. Yep. The Rams are back. I mean, they're in the playoffs. You know, well, they're not just the Rams, but the whole, like, you've got Stan Kroenke, who's maybe as wealthy an owner as there is, who lets Les need the general manager, call the shots, and they've got a proven coach. Like, you're competing against all of that. You're the Spanos family. You're the Chargers. You're a second class. You're really the interloper because you're coming from San Diego. Yeah, right. So you're trying to build a fan base. You got like, the stadium that you're playing at. You're, they're, they're trying to build a fan base because, like, Harbaugh, man, he's hard not to love. He's just hard not to love, man. Like, he's a coach. Like, he brings Bo Schembechler with him. He, there's a toughness that your team is going to play with. You know, there's just a demand that he has. The interesting thing would be, is there a, is there someone that's a mystery team that steps up and says, now, we talk about Chicago, right? Now, Eberflus did a terrific job. He had them going, right? And he did a great job. Now, is that a mystery team, possible mystery team? Yeah, it's a possibility. I mean, he played there in Chicago. Uh, he would play well in Chicago. Oh, I mean, they would love him. Play right there with, with, you know, with Dinkin did. 
All right. So, uh, Baldy, let's we'll come back to it because with us, so excited, just absolutely love him. Live from Nashville, where the coaches' convention is going on, the University of Nebraska Cornhuskers head coach Matt Rule, Matty, coach. Good afternoon, Matt. Well, all right, we're, we're waiting to, to kind of connect all. So we're waiting to get to Matt because there there is the uh, the coaches conference. I just left there. Like at the JW, I was at the JW. Yeah, you, 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 you were there. I, mean, I just ran into some of Matt's staff. You did the, you did the game. Did, oh, yeah, that's right. The Tennessee game yesterday. Yes. Yeah. Tennessee and Jacksonville. So I was just, I mean, I saw, I mean, every elevator was full. It was nothing but coaching. Yeah, I think we got him. Matt, coach. Yes, sir. Coach, great. Nice to meet you. There he is. He's, he's pressing the flesh right now at the coaches' convention. Am I on? Am I on? You're yes, you on the great oh, Matt the Rule. World nowadays, I don't know how these things work all the time. <laughs> <laughs> how's that? How's Nashville, the convention down there? It's been unbelievable. You know, I had a chance to speak yesterday, and uh, it was uh, it was fun. You know, just question and answer, and talked a lot about coaching and coming along. Talked a lot about the the portal and NIL and all the crazy things in college football. And now I'm down here hanging out and gonna get ready to watch this game tonight. Yeah, it's incredible. Real, real quick, how was your first year? I mean, I, you guys competed. You played tough. How's life in Lincoln? Well, I'll tell you what. I, I love the job, and I love the place, okay? Like, you know, for a football guy like me, I, I, you know what? You guys know this. It's a lot like the, the Nebraska fans are like Eagles fans. I mean, like, like you come out to – I mean, because you come out, there's 90,000 people watching you warm up 45 minutes before the game. I mean, it's like nothing you've ever seen. I mean – but the first year, you know, obviously really disappointed we didn't make a bowl game. We were five and three, and you know, we we, we lost five games by a field goal or an overtime. Um, you know, I'm kind of, hey, I'm I'm Bill Parcells-ish, you know, like you are what your record says you are. So, I think it's good though. We have a little bit of an edge, but I think we made a lot of progress. I think we're going to be really good pretty quickly. You know, Matt, um, when I was working at Fox Sports, we got into college football because the guy that ran Fox Sports is an Australian guy, David Hill. And his wife went to, she went to Nebraska, and he went back with her to a spring game in Lincoln. And the bowl was completely full, and it was all red. And he said, we got to have a piece of this. We, we got to get into college football. And we, they bought the, the bowl championship series back in the day. They, you know, and then they eventually bought packages. But that's how Fox Sports got into college football, Matt. It was because yeah. of that day at that mm. spring football game and the fan base that you're speaking of. It's, it's, it's funny you say that because, you know, it was our first game and they're like, hey, it'll be it'll be uh, pretty packed. And, you know, you know, as a coach, they're like, what's it going to mean to you? And I'm like, oh, I'm here for the kids. I just want to watch the game. And I walked out and there were 68,000 people there. It was 46 degrees. <laughs> and I was like, oh, goodness, I hope we play well today. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's it's um, like I said, like there is no pro team. There is no Major League Baseball team. It's, you know, the Huskers, football, volleyball, women. We had, we had 92,000 people show up for a women's volleyball game. My oh, wife told amazing. me it was the single greatest sporting event she's ever been to, which I said, thanks, Val. <laughs> <laughs> None of my games counted. But it was, I mean, it's just a different place, a really cool place. By the way, congratulations on your on your new quarterback in landing, Rayola, who is uh, a terrific. That's a that's a great I, – I, I just love that addition – I think he's the perfect kind of kid that will grow with you. Yeah, you know, um, 
in a day and age where everyone's you know going to get in a fifth year, one year quarterback in the portal, there's nothing wrong with that. And we, we looked at all those things. Um, you know, the thought of having a freshman that you can grow and develop. You know, that, that's that's appealing to me. You know, at, at Temple we had PJ Walker for four years. At Baylor I had Charlie Brewer for three years. Like I like watching guys grow. And so, you know, we have a really good junior quarterback in Heinrich Harburg. We have two freshmen coming in. You know, I think when Dylan said he was coming, you know, with his dad being a great player there, I think it just it just signaled to everybody that, you know what, you can be one of the best players in the country and it's cool to come to Nebraska. Nebraska's gonna be back. And that was uh you know, that was uh, that was as good as any publicity I could ask for. And he's an unbelievable young man. He can really he can spin it. Uh, he can play. And I'm excited about the future. So let me ask you uh, tonight. This is a great matchup. Just an amazing matchup because you got Michigan's power. You got Penix. Uh, who could talk about spinning? Receivers. Oh, my God. I mean, how, how do you see this game? You know, I, I'm, I'm really excited to see it because, I, you know, Mich- Michigan, you know, we, we, J.J. McCarthy's fantastic and, and Blake Corum's outstanding. But, you know, at the end of the day, playing against them, the, the, the defensive front is fantastic. You know, um, you know, people talk about Chris Jenkins. I'm going to tell you, like, you know, Mason Graham and, and those guys, I mean, they are so good up front on defense. They're so good up front on offense. But I love Washington's offensive line. Like, to me, it's exactly how it's supposed to look. Like, I had a chance to watch them this year. I can't remember what game it was. They are playing someone we played, and, and me and our, our staff are like, look at these guys. I mean, look at the guys up front, like athletic, explosive, physical. So, you know, as much as they have the great receiving core, as much as they have a great quarterback play from Penix, to me it's, it's going to be old school football. It's going to be Washington's O-line versus Michigan's D-line. It's going to be, you know, and then vice versa. So I'm really excited about those things. I'm hoping that, you know, Dylan and te- Johnson. You know, and Texas had, a, Texas had a really good front too. Yeah, no and doubt. to your point, I, I think the Washington O-line's been together, and the fact that they're a veteran group, they've been together, I think that really helped them against Texas's line. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, they've, you know, and, 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 and you know, it's kind of cool when you think about it. Like, you know, two years ago, they weren't very good, or three years ago, they weren't very good. They've grown. They they've know what it feels like to feel a little adversity. And they've played in, they've played in nail-biting games. You know, the game against Oregon came down yep. to the very end. And to me, you know, I, I have no doubts me. that Michigan is, you know, that, that J.J. McCarthy can handle pressure. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, when you've been there a couple times and had those games, you have to win at the bell. You feel good about it. And so – even the last game, you know, it was like a, I could hear people all over Nebraska screaming about Texas getting one second, you know, reminiscent of the 2012 uh, Big, Te- Big 12 championship game. But I, I really like the matchup. I'm hoping Dylan Johnson's healthy, uh, healthy enough to run the football because if you can run the football and control the front with their explosive passing game, Washington becomes different. Matt, what I saw in Michigan's win against Alabama was they really attacked their protections. And I thought they got some good overloads. I thought they moved uh, the quarterback off the spot. And I feel like that chess match, it's one thing handling guys one-on-one. It's another thing when you can get the free hitters and you can get the overloads and really attack the protections. I'm anxious to see how Michigan does tonight with that because I thought that was really effective against Alabama. No, I, I agree with you completely, Ball. You know, and and uh, Minner does a great job. And the thing is, is, you know, um, they'll, they'll bring the nickel from the field. And even if you pick it up, maybe your back has to stay in. But one time it's a cover two variation. The next time it's a cover three variation. So they, 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 they bring, they'll even bring some of the same pressures, but, but change up the look on the back end. And so, 
you know, Penix is a really accomplished player. You know, the great thing is, is, you know, they have three elite receivers, so they can kind of go anywhere. But that's the chess match, match to me is how are they going to attack the protections and at the same time change up the back end so that the quarterback doesn't have easy throws versus the blitz. Now, when you put together a game plan against, I don't know how many Southpaws you coached against, but does it change things when you're going up against a left-handed quarterback like they are tonight? I don't remember Michigan going up against anybody like that all year. No, I, I think it changes everything. I mean, you know, um, so often, you know, we, we coach our right defensive end so differently than our left defensive end. Our left defensive end, it's all about keeping the quarterback in the pocket to his right. I mean, so many young quarterbacks, they feel pressure. They're going to flush to the right. Um, you know, uh, push the ball down the field, you know, get out. And so we, we kind of coach one way in the, in, the, in, the, in the right side defensive end on the defense, you know, versus the left tackle. Man, we turn them loose because we're not worried about guys getting out to their left and throwing. That being said, it kind of flips now. And, yeah, you've had time to coach it, but it's, it, it's different when you have to actually go play it, you know, when, mm. again, when you get down to the end. So I think uh, that's a really interesting point. I didn't, hadn't even thought about that until you said that. That's a great, great point, and I like that. And panics the, the way he moves in the pocket. I, I love, like, he's got those short strides in the pocket, and his deep ball accuracy, I mean, he just throws dimes. Yeah, well, and he's fearless. You know, like, he, you know, he, he, he's fearless in that, you know, they're going to call double post in the red zone, and he's going to let it fly, man. He's going to attack it. And the thing that he does, and so this is why I think he's going to be a good pro quarterback, is, you know, in college you see a lot of quarters and you see a lot of guys trying to throw posts over the top and the corners over the top and they throw it up and it's a 50-50 ball. If he sees the corner on top, he'll, he'll just throw like a level two line drive and he'll stop the receiver with the ball. So it's not just about knowing who's open. Um, he's going to throw them open. And, you know, to your point, I think he's – I think Kalen DeBoer is like I – don't, I don't think people talk about him enough offensively with what he's done. And I know A.J. Grubb has too, but um, – this guy's an elite level quarterback, and I just think because he's left-handed, he doesn't maybe get as much uh, credit as we deserve when we talk about the draft. Man, I'm curious. Every coach is looking for whatever advantage they can find in a game like this. So your special teams coaches are combing the reels, looking for a fake that might work if the situation presents itself. It's one thing to find to to look for those things. Practice them this week, Matt. It's another thing for the head coach to say, do it. Like, does, because it's so much pressure and it's it, every possession is so important, would you find yourself less inclined to make that kind of a bold play in a game like this? You know, um, that's a great question. You know, and, I, and, and it's easy for me to say I haven't gotten to the national championship <laughs> game yet. Um, I, you know, but I have had a chance to coach in a lot of big games. And, you know, I think a lot of times you get into these games and you're, you're kind of saying to yourself, you know, am I going to need it? You know, if I'm in control of the game, I'm, you know, what I don't ever want to do as a coach is, you know, want to make it make an impact so much myself that I call something when the guys are winning the game. But if if we're kind of struggling to get some momentum or if we're struggling, you know, to kind of get things going our way, then I'll then I'll, I'll let it rip. And so um, I think in a game like this, man, like the thing you don't want to do is wake up tomorrow and say, what if I would have done X, True. Y, or Z? Yeah. But, you know, I go back. I want to go back, though, to what you said, the, the Alabama game. I yeah. thought Alabama was taking control of that game. And I thought yes. they were going to I thought they're going to win the game. And just some mistakes kind of hurt them and, you know, affected them, including on teams. And so I, I would think tonight, like if I felt the game getting away from me, I would do whatever it takes to get the momentum back and put myself in a position to be win it in the fourth quarter. Conversely. How does that Washington defense uh, 
Finn gets the pass, obviously, and then you got to stop Coram, and you got to stop that line. How do they? How do you handle? You know, Michigan's offense. Do you load the box and say, "JJ, you know, beat us"? Yeah, I think there's. I think there's two parts of Michigan's offense that people don't talk about enough. Number one, hey, don't sir. It's the uh, it's the play action passing game, and it's JJ's willingness to take checkdowns and complete balls. So when you're a pro style run team, um, that run game only works when people have to worry about hey, you know, the deep overs and all the NFL routes that, that they throw. And so he can throw those with precision, but he is relentless with his. It's kind of like Tom 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 Brady when he got to Tampa Bay. Like he's going to check the ball down and he's going to complete the ball. He's not going to do whatever stupid. And then the second thing I'll say is. You know, they get down to fourth and one and they're, you know, everyone sees them rocking people off the ball. And you look at Instagram and they're knocking Alabama off the ball. What people don't realize is that J.J. will pull the ball on fourth and one and you always have a zone read component and you have to defend that. So guys are guys aren't able to sell out all the time because they have to worry about him pulling the ball and on fourth and one running for 40 yards. So two areas of the game that I think allow them to be so powerful. Yeah. And and then, you know, the quorum aspect of it. I mean, if you're Michigan, right, you, you ride them, you ride them, you shorten the game, right? You you just completely try to play that Big Ten football, which you're a part of. Yeah, if I'm Michigan, I'm coming out and saying, hey, I want, I, want, I want them to prove to me that they can stop this. You know, I'm going to put tight ends on the board. I'm going to have wings. I'm going to make them defend, you know, not just, you know, two gas, but there's going to be three, four, five-man surfaces. And the thing about Corum is he's hard to see. Yeah. You know, Corum, Corum comes out on duo or inside zone, and, you know, you're a 6'3 linebacker. You're trying to find him, and then all of a sudden he shows up. And, you know, he's come off an injury. I thought at, when you look at him late in the year, man, he looks so much more explosive, so much quicker than he did earlier in the year. Pretty and you, if you get yeah. him one-on-one versus the Oh, all right. So we'll wait and see if Matt gets back. But, wow, yeah. man, that was uh... – that's, okay. a good, that's a good breakdown. I mean, good breakdown. I mean, I, listen, I mean, he's the best at it. And that this game tonight, I cannot wait. Good time for us to tell you about. Uh, we got Matt back. Let's see if we get him back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, one of, funny. One of my guys from Philly just called me. I swear to goodness, <laughs> and it just clicked over. So, you know, <laughs> I swear to goodness. <laughs> that's fabulous. That's fa- hey, you brought up uh, just the state of college football. I, I'm so excited by kind of the future. I know everybody doesn't like change, that sort of thing. But I, I just think it's going to be incredible. The, the new 12-team playoff, you know, what's going on in the portal. What I mean, it feels so much. It feels like a lot of fun. I think college football with a new conference realignment, it, when it settles down, it, it's going to be even bigger than it ever was. You know, because uh, it's funny you say that. I have a young guy working for me that worked for Nick Saban as like an entry-level guy and then worked his way up. Now he's working for me. And I said to him one day, I said, what makes Coach Saban so great? And, and, and he said, you know, Coach, no matter what era it is, power run game, the spread comes in, now it's the portal. He always figures out how to adapt. He, yep. he doesn't stay lost in what was. He's always in the new thing. And that's really motivated me. Like, hey, you know what? Like, I know maybe I liked it the way it was, you know, way back when at Temple. But I'm, I'm in what it is now. And you, you know what's fun about recruiting is as a coach, you get to compete. Like, 
I get to go recruit head to head against Florida State, or and now you just get to do it a little bit more because the portals in, in in there. So I'm so excited about the playoff. Man, I'm a guy that was on the '94 Penn State team that didn't yes. get a chance to play for it. You know, like I mean now, like. Please. And, and you know what's awesome? Uh, the first round, if you don't get a bye, it's a home game. So, yeah, come play us in Lincoln in, in January, baby. Come play come play with the 35-mile-an-hour winds. <laughs> hey, Matt, Matt, I have a question. Um, I, I have a lot of friends that went through Nebraska's program back in the day. Now, we're talking, you know, back. But they always had – and I know maybe the most important coach on your staff is your, is your weight coach and really the developmental coach of these kids. Like, they always had a legendary weight program at Nebraska. Does that still exist, Matt? Well, yes. Um, but what I'll say what happened in my mind is this. In 1995, 1996, not, you know, those years, they were the first to have training table. Okay. They were the first to have academic tutors and study halls. They were the first to have life skills. Obviously, they were the first to have their guys lift. And everyone all across the country came to Nebraska to see what they were doing. Well, now, when you want to see who's on the cutting edge of nutrition, you go to Georgia, you go to Alabama. And so when I got here, one of the reasons why I came was Trev Alberts was here, you know, College Football Hall of Famer. He's our athletic director. And I said, listen, we're going to have to change so much, but it's not really change. It's actually getting back in line with Nebraska was always on the cutting edge. So instead of having two nutrition people, maybe we need 17 now. Maybe we need four meals a day. Like all we got to do is say, what's Alabama doing? What's Georgia doing? And let's let's go back and be the place that people come visit. And, you know, way back when my wife was the dietitian at Temple and she ran the that, Al Golden said, let's start a training table. And she she went and visited Nebraska to see how to run a training table. Like that's who we were. And that's, that's, that's hmm. right back to what I'm doing. I, th- those are the promises I wanted. Like, let's go, let's be the people that people want to visit. Cause we're doing stuff that no one else is doing. And now that's what we've done in year one. Got back to that. Did Julie. Okay. Did cheese steaks for you? What's that? Did Julie. Okay. Did cheese steaks oh, for you? Let, let me just say this. Let me say <laughs> this. Julie, make sure I tell everybody that she's a dietitian, but yet I don't listen to anything she says. So don't put this on her, okay? Okay, that, that's the one thing that's, that's very, very, very clear. Uh, I, 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 back to just what you're doing there, and, and it, it's so much fun to build something. I, I just think it's a natural spot for you to build something, and, and the way it's shaken out with the Big Ten and you know this whole thing, I, I just see it. It's like a perfect fit for you know. Someone that's a you're a builder. It's interesting. Like today is this the Black Monday in the NFL, and I think of you as building this thing. I think you're in a great place right now. No, I, I definitely, definitely am. Um, one thing I've learned is everybody says they want to build, but not everyone wants to build. You know, like yeah. when when you know when you're building your house. You know, you say you want to build it, but sometimes you go look at it and, you're, you know, the inspections are taking long and it's taking a little longer than you want. And you get frustrated. You start yelling at the builder. But you know what? Like, it's hard to build something. That's why most people don't do it. Uh, when I talked to Trev Alberts, he was very clear, like, Coach, this is how we're going to do it. And I was like, OK, because um, not everyone has patience. Everyone wants to see the results, you know, coming quickly, especially now more than ever. But if you really want something built to last, man, you have to. You have to take the time. And so it's a perfect fit. And as you said, um, you know, the, the new expanded big, the Big Ten is going to be, that and the SEC are going to be the premier conferences in college yeah. football. Yep. And, I, you know, I want to be part of that. And as you said, you know, it's, 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 it's you know, Black Friday, like, uh, or it's Black, Black Monday, excuse me, like, you know, you know, those are really good coaches. You know, 
those were yeah. all really, really good coaches that got let go. And, and, um, you know, I mean, it's just sometimes we just we, 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 we solve things optically, but we don't get to the root of it. And at Nebraska, they're kind of letting me get to the root of it and really fix. And I'm excited about it. Yeah. I, well, listen, you know, we love you and you're going to kill it. I, I can't wait for that first playoff game at Lincoln. Like you said, man, the 40 mile an hour winds, snow, that's going to be football, baby. Yeah. As long as you're not up in the suite with Julie, you're down on the sidelines with me. Uh-huh. Then, then I'm good with you guys. <laughs> that's a deal. That's it. Brother, thank you so much Thanks, for Matt. checking in with us today. Yeah. Man. Thank you guys. Miss you guys very greatly. Thank you guys. Here he is. Uh, the great Matt rule. Checking in from the coaches conference in Nashville. Hey, let me tell you real quick about Factor Meals, man. This is unbelievable. You can cross meal prepping off your list. Matt was talking about Julie, right, who is a dietitian. Well, a lot of us make that whole New Year's resolution about eating right, staying on track. You can do that with Factor Meals. Go to factormeals.com. They deliver right to your door. They're ready in two minutes. It's amazing. Whether it's calorie smart, vegan, veggie, protein plus, you got all the wholesome options, man. And right now, head to factormeals.com slash all NFL50. Use the code all NFL50. You get 50% off. That's right. 50% off at factormeals.com slash all NFL50. Make sure you do that, man. You'll stay on your, the meals are great. You'll stay on your resolution. Factormeals.com. All right. That was a lot of fun. I cannot wait for this game, by the way. I, I'm, I'm chomping at the bit. I do think Washington will stress Michigan tonight. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I mean, look, uh, it is. We're in a, an era where the passing game wins. Uh, they have an elite attack. They have some big time uh, guys that can go get it. They can do. A, they can get open. But I want to see if Michigan's front can affect them the way they did Alabama last week. I feel like this is going to be like which team can play their style. Like I know how Harbaugh wants to play this. Can Washington play their style against that? I mean, there's just like this is uh, the chess match that all analysts kind of crave. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be incredible. All right, let's get back to the NFL and Black Monday. Uh, we talked about Harbaugh being the prize for all the coaching, all the uh, all those openings. Mm-hmm. So, uh, is there anybody else? I mean, look, Jacksonville bad loss yesterday for Doug Peterson, horrible loss, and the Jaguars. You're in. You you were there. In, in, in Nashville, and you saw it firsthand. I mean, what happened? What what was the collapse? I know they had some dinged up, and Lawrence was hurt a little bit. Mm. But what was the biggest issue? Well, first of all, they couldn't stop Tennessee's running attack, and yeah. Tennessee came in with an offense line that hadn't that has not played well, and they they played some. Uh, they, they were not in the right gaps. Uh, Derrick Henry got started from the very first run of the game. He had his best game of the season. Yeah. Okay, best game of the yeah, season by good. far. Uh, so they they controlled that part of the line of scrimmage, and then um, Jacksonville, you know, look, they had a chance to cut the lead to two points down the one yard line, and they threw it on third and one at the one, which was a bizarre call to me. Now it was incomplete, so they go to fourth and one, and they call a G lead with Brandon Sheriff kicking out, and he's going to go block this play for Tank Tank Bigsby, and for some reason. Trevor Lawrence decided he was going to quarterback sneak it. 
And the whole thing crumbled. He didn't get the ball across the line. They got stopped at the one-yard line. And then they let, you know, after they gave the ball back with eight minutes to go, they, they couldn't stop uh, Tennessee from coming out of their own end zone. So that, that was a big shift right there. But, you know, they just, they, they don't, I haven't seen the quarterback improve. Now, no. his heart, now shoulder, look, the shoulder's bad. So he got five or six balls, including two interceptions, that got away from him. So I don't know how bad the shoulder is. Like, nobody does. He's not going to tell you, and it's not, I'm not going to go do some investigative journalism. But he had some balls that got away from him yesterday that led to interceptions that were turnovers. And, uh, and Mike Vrabel, to his credit, uh, and I coach. said this, yeah. he's a good coach. But I said this, I go, if you think that just because the team has nothing to go play for next week, that they might lay down, not give it everything, that, that's just the worst thing you can think. I don't think Jacksonville thought like that. But at the same time, Tennessee played the best game they played in weeks. I thought Ryan Tannehill played great. If it's his final game in Tennessee, like he, they they had a chance to just cut it loose, like take some like some plays that they hadn't run before. They just let him out, and they outplayed Jacksonville. Well, but just get back to Lawrence for a second because what's alarming with him is I, even when he's healthy this year, he did not look. I expected so much of sunshine coming out of Clemson, right? Mobile, great arm, smart, the total package. And I just I haven't seen it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, consistently. Well, no, I mean, so you go, I mean, look, if you're Shad Khan, the owner of the team right now, and you're sitting there and you're talking to Doug Peterson and Press Taylor and the staff right now, you're like, this is unacceptable, right? I mean, you're just the owner. You're just shooting them straight. Why didn't the quarterback take a jump the way we all anticipated where he's, you know, a top five, top six quarterback in the league. And he's not. And so is it the injuries? Is it just because Christian Kirk's not in the lineup? Is it because you don't have a left guard? The center has to be up. Whatever it is, um, it's 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 one of those things where you go, they got I think they have a decision to make. I'm not advocating right. that uh Trent Balky is gonna change coaches, but he's gotta like he gotta look at that thing yesterday, clearly, and go, we were eight and three. We lost five out of six, and we did not – Houston beat us out with a rookie coach and a rookie quarterback. They won the division. Like, you have to ask that, go, what are we doing going forward? Are, are we in the right hands? Going, I mean, these are the tough questions you got to ask, and I don't know what the answers are. I just know the questions to ask. Well, there's another team that has been miserable down the stretch, and it got uglier yesterday. Yeah. Now, they're in the playoffs – but we got to talk about the Eagles coming up. But first, let me tell you about Game Time, right? The Game Time app. You don't worry about tickets, all right? Don't worry about tickets to any events, sporting events, concerts, comedy, any of that stuff. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. You know the beautiful thing is? You can actually see where your seats are. You'll get the vantage point right there. You got last minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals. It's really easy. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. Again, you can find exclusive flash deals, sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, you name it. All right. And game time guarantees that you'll get the best price. They'll credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code All NFL 
20 bucks off your first purchase. That's right. Terms apply. Make sure you redeem the code all NFL, A L L N F L. You get 20 bucks off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Eagles. Yes. All right. Disaster yesterday. Awful. They tried to play, and it was weird because the Dallas game was close early mm-hmm. before they ran away with it. And they were just, they couldn't move the ball from the beginning. The second quarter was probably the biggest embarrassment of the season. The fans are upset. They go to Tampa a week from tonight. I mean, Baldy, can you make some sense? I know there was no Devontae Smith. Uh, Jalen hurt his finger. But, man, it, it, again, it looked like a disjointed offense. I think the offense. issues are way deeper than all of that, Coach. Because I, I feel like this team, like, you know, Javon Hargrave came out. And it's out there now. Javon Hargrave came out and said, I can't believe the difference between what we do in practice in Philly and what we do in San Francisco. It's alarming. He goes, I had no idea teams worked as hard in practice. So you look at the Eagles. I mean, obviously, the pass rush is non-existent. Okay? Um, they're not, I don't believe they're in good shape physically. I don't believe they're in good shape. I said things about a certain player last week. I stand by that. But and, and, you know, and, you know, they're drafting these guys at the top, but I don't see these guys developing. I mean, they've got three number one draft picks from Georgia, and I don't see the development of these guys right now. now I know Fletcher Cox didn't play yesterday. That's one. Number two, in their offense, you know when you go against Wink Martindale, you're going to get a variety of blitzes. It's just all of them. I mean, it's not like they're a mystery. No, no, but they're, they're going to come at you yes. in ways that other teams don't attack you. They'll play zero blitz. They'll overload. They'll get free hitters. So when they did that to the Eagles yesterday, and this is not just yesterday, they so if I'm I don't care if I'm the Eagles or anybody else, if I'm the quarterback and I have a an overload blitz coming, I need an answer to that blitz. Where am I going with the ball? Who's looking for it? Are we sight adjusting? Are we throwing hot? Like what's our answer to They this? never throw hot, which is I, I sometimes I still understand it's weird, that Doug. they never throw it's like, hot. It's like they don't have an answer the, to it. Right. And they, we saw it yesterday. And so that's why you see Jalen just running and taking off. And, like, one time he ran to his right to escape, and all the four receivers were on the other side of the field. Well, all you can do. How many times did he throw the ball to the bench yesterday? Yeah, yeah. So that's that. You know, the interceptions, some of it is he's got Okereke in his face, you know, on a a loop stunt right there. And, you know, McKinney comes and intercepts it. You throw a hit screen. You know, McKinney jumps it. Like, they are so predictable, cuz, that defensive players are calling out the plays. They're calling out the plays before they happen, based on formation, down distance. Like, there is not a lot of imagination to this. And then if you add that you don't really have answers to blitzes, well, what do you think Todd Bowles is going to do? He threw two interceptions against Todd the first time they played him. So, you throw two interceptions I'm, I don't, I'm not advocating, Jalen. Like, get your finger healthy, go play good football. But if you throw two against the Bucks, you're not going to win this game. No. What changed? I mean, obviously, Steichen's not here. But what changed, you know, fundamentally with this offense? Jalen's not as big a part as a run, with the run game. I mean, look, they got the personnel. They have a great offensive line. All right? They got skilled people. I know Devontae didn't play yesterday. They got a terrific tight end in Goddard. I mean, what's what's the difference in offensively to go from last year where they were unstoppable and at times earlier this season to now where they're just a mess? 
Well, you don't. You just don't see like the route combat. They, they they run a lot of just vertical routes, just run routes like this. It's not like a lot of creativity to the offense. You know, when you watch a Detroit play, if you watch, uh, you know, a Miami Dolphin team play, like you just don't see a lot of creativity within the offense that you even saw earlier this year. If you go back and watch the Tampa game, like they didn't finish some drives very well, but they moved the ball pretty good uh, against a good defense and they ran the ball good against them. But you don't, you're missing like a creative edge and a game plan where things change week to week depending on who you're going up against. Like it is, it looks by formation very predictable about what they do. Well, I mean that goes right to Nick Sirianni, and now is you know he's the architect. I mean, he told you, look, that's on me. It's not Brian Johnson. Do they miss Steichen? Um, you know, they work together very closely. He was a big part of, I guess, building this offense. I mean, I, I, you're right. I mean, we, ESPN did a feature yesterday about the predictability of the Eagle offense. So I mean, come on! I mean, it's 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 out there. Without How many emotions, fans go oh, quarterback draw. Here it comes. They're doing that at, in the bar in South Philly, cause yep. they're calling out plays. So there is some of that. And then you know, on the defensive side, you know, they have forty-one sacks this year and seventy last year. Like the pass rush isn't getting home. Tyrod Taylor had all kinds of time yesterday, but you know they've given up thirty-five touchdown passes. Last year they gave up twenty-two, and you go why? Well, they still. Turn guys loose, whether it's by communication. Forget about just getting beat and getting run by because they lack speed also. Uh, and linebackers get exposed in coverage. But, like, they turn guys loose. They turn Wandale Robinson loose wide open in the middle of the field for 33 yards yesterday. Um, they, they're not sh- – they don't play. First of all, they lack speed on defense, and they don't play confidently. They don't knock the ball loose. They don't get their hands on footballs like – they just don't play an aggressive style. Can they lose to Tampa? And I got to tell you, I, I'm so not confident when I, I I don't I don't see how any player after all the uh, first of all they had that team meeting last week. As soon as you have a team meeting, you know you're in trouble. Like th- team meetings never solve anything. All you get is some finger pointing. The leaders stand up and shout at you. Nothing ever happens in a team meeting. Nothing good. Um, they. I think they're in a world of trouble. Like, I, they, they can say, like, you know, just all we need is a crumb. I mean, all the things that they said, that you got to say all these things. But I don't believe they believe that they're confident. Jason Kelsey's been on good teams, on great teams, and he's been on teams that nosedive. He was there four years ago when they were 4-11-1. Um, uh, he saw the end of Chip Kelly? He saw the end of Chip Kelly. He saw, saw the end of Doug yeah. He's seen these things tailspin. Like, I mean, if they were being true, tr- and, and Lane Johnson has seen it. So you've got Fletcher Cox has seen it, Brandon Graham. They, these guys that have been around, they've seen these tailspins. Now, you can say, okay, the, the, the postseason's different. Tampa's a better team now than they were week three when they played them. They're a totally different team. Mike Evans might give this team a lot of trouble. Um, God they win. can go over the top. Both those, you know, Mike, Mike Evans, is this, he's playing in his uh, eighth or ninth playoff game now. They've been in the playoffs four years in a row. Okay, now, you know, they got bounced last year. They weren't very good. Um, they got beaten in the divisional game against the Rams. They won a Super Bowl. Like, this, there's a lot of players in this team. Vita Vea, um, Levante David, they've been to the playoffs. They kind of know what this thing's supposed to look like. Now they've, they've got a quarterback that's playing good. Now listen, let's forget. Now, I know Brady was the quarterback, but – 
this was the two years ago. Nick's first year, they make the playoffs. Oh, all right. It was great. It's gravy. They get blown out. When they go down there, they Todd Bowles yeah. completely cut off the Eagles' offense. And I agree with you. I think they're going to blitz the hell out of the Eagles. I mean, I would. I mean, that's what Todd's known for. It's going to be a big test for them. They got to, you know, the good thing for if you're Tampa, um, they got a great free safety in Antoine Winfield Jr. Like yeah. he, like he had a, you know, he had, he he saved a touchdown yesterday on a, a scramble drill play at the goal line um, by DJ Chark, knocked the ball out, um, got a touchback on it. I mean, he's just a great player. He's having a great season. He's the back end of it. Levante David looks like. Like he just came out of Nebraska. Honestly, we're talking about Matt Rule. He looked like he, he looked that fresh the other day. Yeah. So, and they've added all these new guys: Kalijah Kansi, Diaby, like Logan Hall. There's like a fresh blood on the defensive line. They kind of come at you in waves. Like I don't think Lane Johnson or Mylod are going to have problems one on one, but I just think th- the way that they're going to overload and attack, and how they attack formations, I'm anxious to see if the Eagles have a better answer. Because the pressures are going to come. Now, are you going to fold under those pressures? Are you going to make them pay for those pressures? Because they're going to come. All right, last thing. We sit here on a Black Monday. Could next Monday night be a Black Monday for Nick Sirianni? I, I mean, it's unthinkable. You think, like, coming off of three winning seasons, including this one, a Super Bowl, I and losing both coordinators. Yeah, but. See, I can't, I can't imagine that. I, I can't imagine Nick being fired because I think Nick is a good coach. Now, you do have to – like, it's hard replacing two coordinators. They're both – Doug happened with Doug here. Yeah. And it hastened his, his yeah. exit. So, you know, I, I think the first move is they've got to get younger and faster as a, on a roster, okay? And they have to address certain positions for sure, um, especially on defense. But I would say the first move that Nick might make is, okay, maybe I need two bright new coordinators to come in here. Like that would, I, I would keep, I, I would not blow Nick out, no matter what happens. Like this is a tailspin they might not be able to get out of. But I wouldn't put it all on Nick. It's a, it's an old roster, a slow roster. Um, they had a, you know, and so, and they have new coordinators. And I don't think they've really stepped up. Similar. The the situation is so similar to the end of Doug. Very. It really is. I agree with you. I think you get two coordinators and you kind of go in and fix the thing. And maybe wow. a couple of position coaches, too, because I, I think they need to be more demanding uh, on the development and, 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 of some and of these And listen, guys. I've been to those camp. They need to, they need to have a, a tougher camp. I, look, I'm just I saying. mean, they need to work harder. I'm a big believer in that. All right, Baldy, uh, amazing. This is going to be a whirlwind of a week. We have uh, we begin to look at the playoffs tomorrow mm-hmm. and some of the matchups. You're going to be at the Hula Bowl. Hula Bowl in Orlando. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's coming up as that, well. That, that game is on Saturday. I'll be at practice on Thursday and Friday this week down in Orlando. I'm looking forward to it. A lot of good coaches. Brian Billick is coaching. Mike Smith, who coached the Falcons. Is coaching like there's a lot and a lot of good position coaches. Yeah, that's gonna be good stuff. Yeah. All right, lots to get to this whole week, so stay with us. Right, there's a subscribe button. Do us a favor, hit the subscribe button. It'll bring the meat locker right to your phone every day. We're here, so hit that subscribe button for Baldy. I'm Cuz. Thanks for hanging, and we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>